Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And today I am just super excited uh, because I got to chat with my buddy Todd Georgie. Uh, Todd is a very uh, just well rounded individual. He just blows me away every time I get to chat with him. Uh, so it was wonderful. He, he's been helping coach me with Strongman. Uh, so he, he has this side of the strength game and he's continuing to just chase mastery at it. But he has faced addiction and gone through the struggles of that and just his love for dogs, his love for his family. I mean, so many things going on there. And it was just beautiful to be able to get to talk with him. And I think there's really a whole lot going on here. He went really deep on a whole lot of subjects that I think you're just going to really appreciate. Uh, I can't thank him enough for all he's done for me, all he's helping me out with, uh, but and also just what he shared with you guys. So please enjoy my conversation here with Todd Giorgi. guys and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast and on the line today I have Todd Giorgi. Todd, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is share with us your uh, health story up until this point. Oh boy, that's almost 43 years worth. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so my health story um, and I guess uh, that may tie into like how I got into the field that I currently work in and a yeah, gym. absolutely. Um, so growing up, my dad was, um, was always in good shape. He, he ran, uh, you know, multiple times a week, always took care of himself. Um, you know, ate healthy. Uh, he had like a little, like a chin up bar and, uh, um, not the bowl flex, but came before that, the solo flex with the rubber oh, bands. That yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a rubber band and it was a resistance type training. Uh, so that stuff was in the attic. So, um. You know, I probably want to start there. Like I was definitely turned on by uh, by my dad, um, and then um, so that carried on. I probably got into lifting um, uh, in high school, later in high school, and um, actually one of my dad's best friends was a personal trainer, um, a little bit younger than my dad, a little bit older than me. So I used to train with him uh, in a garage gym like six days a week in the end of high school, and just loved it. Classic, like, you know, back in the early 90s there, you're talking like just straight up bodybuilding stuff, Arnold Schwarzenegger. All your Frank splits, and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved that, and that carried on in, in through college. Uh, so um, I always maintained pretty pretty good health and, um, and still have that, you know, thank God. And um, I was in the restaurant business for, for quite some time um, in my uh, early, well, late teens, early 20s. And um, I had gotten out of that, uh, and well, one of the reasons I got out of that health story is I got sober back in uh, July of 2000 when I finished college. Uh, so being in the restaurant business and being a bartender and working weekends and late nights and stuff kind of was just it was really um, it was really weighing on me. So uh, you know, I remember my dad always saying, my mom always saying, "Hey, what you know, find something that you can do for a living that you really love." And it was just like, well, bingo. I mean, I've always loved fitness. Like, what can I do with that? You know, so, uh, you know, I went and got like um, the basic uh, certifications like ISSA or it was one of those. Um, and that started, man, that's got to be back in 2005 now is when I started that. Um, so I, um, I got, I really continued um, 
uh, with that pretty heavily. I got it when I got into the Czech program actually in 2005, uh, the Czech Institute out in Vista, California. Uh, I started as an exercise coach. And that over the years, man, over the next five years, went into Czech level one, level two, level three, level four. Um, and then just so much, uh, you know, so much more since. So uh, I love taking care of myself. Um, I love feeling good in my body. And I just just finished a work right now and I'm feeling good on that. Um, and I love helping other people achieve that. So, you know, part of my health journey is helping others on on theirs and with my, you know, my, my experience and my strength. So. So yeah, I know like um, part of your journey then was like you said, learning from Paul Check, but then you also learned a lot from Charles Poliquin, and I know you've taken that now like working with like some of the Kilo Strength Society. Like, what has what has you have you seen like almost as that evolution? Like, and what are the nuances that you've picked up along the way? I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could go into so many, but like broad topic things like as you just saw your career like and just your education evolving. Like, what were the highlights with that even? Yeah, so I, I think uh, timing is everything, right? Yeah. And there's no accident in terms of when you get into what you get into. You know what I mean? It's something that's calling you at that time. Hilly? Uh, so when I got into the Czech program, again, I was um, I was sober probably five years, uh, which uh, I was in, in AA and NA, and it's, um, it's a spiritual program, not a religious program. So I really started to work on spirituality and get into that uh, in in the in early 2000s and 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 throughout. So um, that definitely is probably something that attracted me to Paul and his work in the Czech Institute. Although I didn't know it at the time. See, I met actually funny story. Um, I met in an AA meeting uh, a guy that was like my arch enemy in high school. I ended up sponsoring him letting him crash on my couch and he's like oh yo you're getting into personal training you should talk to peter you remember peter and i'm like no no no. he was much older than me he's like well he's a czech practitioner you should have a talk with him and i got on the phone with him and um you know he's talking about things i had no thoracolumbar fascia and blah blah and i'm like you know, uh, I just had no idea what he was talking about. You know, I and we're talking 15 years ago too, where that like you could say that today, and you might have more people involved in it, and like understanding that right. was even absolutely unheard of at the time. Oh too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so I say this too. When I got into fitness and started my education in these courses, YouTube wasn't where it was. People were not. Putting out, <laughs> people were not. Putting out there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. Like if you wanted to learn something, you either got in your car or got on a plane and flew somewhere like I did to the other side of the country yeah. to take a course, you know? Um, so um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, Sorry, so. uh, with uh, Poliquin, you had sponsored somebody that was like your arch enemy getting into yeah, – Yeah, so so that's, that's fun, funny. That's how I got into the Czech Institute. You know, uh, by somebody that I met, old enemy turned out to be, you know, ended up being a friend, introduced him to somebody that was a Czech practitioner, and that just really, really took off. And again, watch sitting, I can remember sitting home and just watching the, they were the old VHS taps, it was before the, uh, <laughs> on DVD or online, you know, and just pause, rewind, pause, rewind. What did he just say? You know, like, I must have watched scientific back training a dozen times, yeah. you know, because at that time I wrote a tour as multifidus. Like, I, I had no idea the stuff that they don't teach in a base training certification, you know. 
Um, so that, you know, I really, when I do something, I do it really to the fullest. So I didn't want to just be the average personal trainer, you know, giving somebody a, a workout and, and, and kicking their ass in the gym. You know, I really wanted to, to, to develop a knowledge base, um, and go as far as I, as far as I could. So, uh, um, so that's kind of how that started. And then, um, that the check program was like five years and, um, man, I'll tell you, I was really, really tapped in spiritually at that time. I mean, I still am. Uh, I actually, my first gym that I opened in 2008 was called Five Corners Holistic Fitness. Five Corners was the area of the town that everybody kind of knew. It's where these five streets kind of like all like, like merged together. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing, not, not, not that you, you mentioned like a nuance, but uh, what I was into or available to teach, not everybody was ready for. You know, it was just like holistic fitness. What the hell is that? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, people would come in and in my gym, I had a kitchen in the back. I was cooking organic bacon and, and cage free eggs, and I had like incense lit. So people like were like, "What is this all about?" You know. Um, so I still love that, and I decided to you know not try to push things down people's throats, but really, really meet them where they're at. Um, and uh, so I still practice those principles today. Literally yesterday, I had the conversation going over the six check principles. You know, but thoughts, breathing, nutrition, exercise, water, movement. You know, so um, I still teach all that stuff on a on a regular basis, and I keep it very very simple. Paul Chaka used to say all the time, "You could just be an HLC one and, and an exercise coach and help them." That's all. You, right, yeah. exactly. All you need. And when we got to check level four, he said to us, "Now I want you to forget everything that you learned." <laughs> I spent 20 grand <laughs> but I understood where he was coming from with that and um, I'll jump into getting the Polican work so um, I was very friendly with Paul at the time and he uh, he was like so what do you, where do you feel that you're lacking and I was just like man just like program design like I feel like I just stare at the sheet and like just I do this assessment and I just don't feel I'm confident putting things together and developing a well-balanced program Paul said to me, you should then take a course with Charles Polican. So that's how that started. Uh, and I actually, uh, you know, the teachings that most of us have learned did not come directly from Charles. It came from Andre Benoit and Derek Woodski and Stefan and um, Clark Flynn and a lot of the guys, John O'Connor, that worked for the Institute back then. Um, so I took the courses with them. Charles did like the nutrition part, the supplement in, in, in certain ones. Uh, but I jumped into that and it was just something totally different. Uh, and if you realize the program design uh, courses, uh, Charles helped Paul write back those back in the day. Right, you know? right. uh, so Paul got a lot of stuff from him as well. So it wasn't like it was completely out of where I, you know, context from what I had already learned. Um, but it just it provided more juice to that. And, um, and, I, and I loved it. What were the it. big so, differences? Like, how did it vary as much? Um, it's tough to say. So um, I guess a lot of the check programming, or at least that I was doing at the time, came from the assessment. And the assessment, was, if you know a check assessment, was sure. just – I mean, I had to go yeah. down there and exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, you're, you're opening somebody's uh, jaw with a little TMJ triangle and measuring. And yeah. uh, so that was very good in terms of – Findings, and I think that's some of the best teachings in terms of the my toolbox that has been built, um, you know, from that and with that. Uh, to answer your question, when I started the institute, we went to check practitioner level one, and it was like I guess it was five days, and we're talking about 
spondylolisthesis, herniated disc, degenerative disc disease, blah, 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 blah. And again, I was so new at the time. I was like, what is this? You know, nutation, counter-nutation, SI joint, like, and, and then you go to check two, and then that's the movement screening. So it is now switched. Right. Um, but when I took it, it was kind of like, yeah, we need to be taught basic exercise and movement screening and that sort of thing, I think, first. But Paul, you know, wanted his practitioners to have this high level of knowledge, which I totally understand. Um, so that was one of the difference that we, we when we, you took a Polican course, it, it was um, you'd spend an hour or two in the, in the classroom talking about program design. And then you'd go into the gym and you'd do a workout. Mm-hmm. And then after lunch, you'd go back into the classroom and talk about theory and exercise selection and progressions. And then we would we would be put through a workout. And you did that two, two workouts a day for five days. Okay. So it was really like you got to test what you were doing and what you were learning right then and there. And I love that. We had never done that. You know, I, I, had, I had never done that. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I guess probably that's probably one of the biggest differences in maybe that I found in the uh, in the two courses, you know. Um, and uh, even uh, when I started to do those most advanced courses, and that's when I got into Strongman because that was in 2011. Uh, the PIC3 pr- program had a day um, that was pretty much dedicated to modified Strongman training. So with athletes, energy systems, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I remember one of the workouts, there was 36 students, 35 men, one woman, and we're out in the parking lot, 12 teams of three, and they had 12 stations set up. Like we were pulling some some guy's big truck. There was a yoke out there, a prowler, or a log, farmers, tires. And I'm like, man, this is the stuff that I've always loved watching on TV since I'm a little kid. <laughs> like this is, this is cool. This yeah. is different. No, I've never done anything like this before in my life. Um, so that's how I got in the strongman, you know, and I got a couple of, uh, you know, small cheap pieces, a farmer's, a yoke, uh, a, a tire from, uh, you know, some tire shop they're looking to get rid of. Uh, and that's how I started doing doing classes, actually. I started doing modified strongman classes at my gym. And that was my second gym, which was 2011 to 2014, which was called the Revive Fitness. So I left where I was. It was kind of like office space. I was over a deli, and I moved into a standalone building, which was a, just a much better, uh, a much better situation. Um, and in that time, though, I got big into kettlebells. I did the functional movement screen with you know Brett Jones and Greg, um, uh, Cook, and then um, uh, that that morphed into the kettlebell challenge. So I was heavy, heavy into that for for a while. I went and did the uh, the RKC, the Russian kettlebell uh, challenge. Uh, Beat when Pavel was still there before they broke off into Strong Fit, uh, Strong First, Strong Fit, Strong First. First, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I always loving finding new ways to move my body and challenge my body. You know, whether it be snatching a 24 kilo kettlebell times in, in less than five minutes, uh, or flipping a 600 pound tire. You know, so I just was really loving all the different modalities uh, and kind of techniques that that was offered through through all those different. Uh, different educations um and even at that time though when i did picp3 it was it was way over my head i'm like energy systems i don't know what the hell that is like i never i didn't i didn't play sports growing up i played baseball up until 12 but i was a musician and i hit the gym so i'm not a guy that watched football every sunday or college football every saturday um so i mean i appreciated athletics but i wasn't really huge huge into it so i never really had the experience of coaching athletes you know um, 
So I later got into uh, taking those courses again back in 2014 and 2015, and that's when Stefan uh, was the head uh, over Stefan from over at Kilo Strength Society in Huntington Beach. Uh, actually, I'm wearing their, one of their Kilo shirts. Um, that is, um, that's how I, I, I got into and, and hooked up with Stefan. Uh, so I retook PICP3, I retook PICP4, I had a much, much better understanding for it at that time. I had started competing. Nick, can you hang, out, hang on one second? Yeah, go for it. Uh, ne never mind, never mind. Somebody's knocking on the door, but it wasn't. Come here, honey. Come here. Come here, baby. Um, yeah, my God. Did you know I adopted another dog? I, I, how many do you have right now? So we have five. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So this one is uh, this one came from Georgia a couple weeks ago. He's uh, completely blind. Really? Yeah. So that's why he's pacing in the office because he hears my oh, voice. Oh goodness! Yeah. So just circling and circling. So yeah, my bad. So I'm kind of just petting him here. Absolutely. Whenever I stop petting him, he starts spinning around, spinning around. So dogs, uh, are, dogs are always more than welcome on any of the shows here. <laughs> my love. So that's another thing I could talk about later that we're getting getting into actually um, with the dogs. But so anyway, so. Um, and then when I took those, I had a, a better appreciation for those advanced courses at that time because I had started competing in strongman in 2012. And my first competition was in August 2012. And I mean, I just fell in love. Absolutely loved it. Um, so I, you know, and, and people in the gym were getting into it because they were taking the classes. Then some other people started to compete and so on and so forth. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was just really, really great. And, um, you know, running multiple classes like that is uh, also what has gotten us into um, a bigger space. So I'm now at New York Strong. We're five years and a couple of months. Uh, and this is about four to five times the, the size of my of my other places. Okay. Yeah. So to me, I mean, this is a private gym. Yeah. The other places were more of like that studio. You sure, know, sure. That, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It was great. But you can't really do more than a couple of personal training sessions in there. Yeah. Time, you know? uh, so I was focused on the growth and getting a, a ton of equipment and we've got that now so awesome yep um okay before we jump off this topic because i'm curious now so because you and i've been uh well i didn't even say like todd's been my strongman coach for almost two years now and it's i mean i've just learned so much uh just watching like whenever like writes new programs like just the things that he's asking me and i'm curious like what are the last what are the things you've learned over like even just the last like year or two from going out like uh, working with Stefan but I mean just anybody else like what have you really changed about uh, just your programming for for more the sport of strongman or just even like any gen pop that you're doing like whatever that looks like you broke up a little bit so just can you repeat that you oh, I kind of lost your broke up when you're um, like when you're you know uh, over the last couple of years like what have you learned yeah, I kind of so you kind of broke up got a little choppy there can you still hear me there, Todd? I can hear you now. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. A little choppy, so. Yeah. Go ahead. We're so good now. With, like, what have you learned over the last couple years about uh, specifically, like, programming for Strongman, programming for just other clients that you're doing? Like, what have you really changed? Because you had that big background between the, the, the Poliquin, between the Czech, and now you're still refining that. Like, you're still hungry for it. So, like, what have you, what are you still changing today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so yeah, so it's like, all right, I did the check program, right? And took a lot from that. Um, I can't really say that, that that model is how I model my business or work with my clients. 
Um, the basics, though, very much so, you know, because people think like in that it's like, oh, yeah, the check stuff or all the pollock and stuff like, man, it's all the same, you know, like <laughs> I'm not crushing you, you know, with with um, five sets of two to three on the back squats, you know, at 90 percent. If you're not drinking enough water every day, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not putting, you know, so I still, I kind of have a very good, very strong intuition now. When people walk in the door, uh, my, my gen pop regular clients, like, I don't need a daily readiness survey from them, man. I feel their daily readiness. Yeah. They, and I kind of already know, like, all right, man, today's session is going to be at about a five. And there's some days it's like, oh, man, you know, these, we're, we're going to be at about an eight today, you know, in terms of you just feel them, you know. Um, so I had finished the check program four years, PICP, the Polican Institute, four years. I've done all these other, um, I didn't even get into the body work stuff that I did, but just keeping it to training, you know, the, the, the functional movement screen, the kettlebell challenge and stuff. So I just had this huge toolbox and you're right. It's not that something was missing, but I just wanted things to be more refined. And when I met Stefan, we got a re really great relationship. Um, we're literally born on the same day. He's like six hours older than me. Uh, so we have, we just, with the same blood types, we just had so much in common. And, you know, he was one of the, one of the uh, I wouldn't say the first instructors, but one of the most talented instructors I've ever come across that I don't feel has or promotes the guru status. Polkin was a guru. Check, you know, guru. Even if Paul is not trying to be that, it's it's how he's viewed. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. That, right? You know, he, he talks about espresso. Everybody went out and starts drinking espresso. You know what I mean? Um, so I would do, after that, I did consultations with Stefan. And I'd, I'd get an athlete or somebody and I'm like, I don't, I really don't know how to approach this. Like, I have an idea. Yeah. But I'm like, is this right? Like, you know, I don't know. So I would pay him. We would do Skype consults like yeah. this, you know, or through Facebook, um, and I would learn. I would take notes, and then um, the strongman stuff. Actually, he programmed me when I went to my first and last nationals, strongman nationals, 2016 in Kentucky. I had Stefan do my programming, so he wrote me a 12-week macro cycle. So it was a little different than how I was doing things and setting it up, and it made sense. And what, what's great about him and his style, which I'll dive into now, um, he'd say things a lot like, Todd, how are, how are you thinking about approaching his clients? You know, and then I would say something and he'd say, I really like your thought process on this. You know, um, it was never a demeaning or kind of like, you know, I can't believe you don't know this, you know, so uh, just really, really helped build my confidence. Um, I did pretty good at nationals that year for my first uh, for my first crack at it. I had never been on the national stage. I placed like uh, sixth or seventh in the middleweight out of fifty five guys, um, which was pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and my last event, I actually blew it. I, I got my stone took me fifty five seconds, and the training was fine. So that probably I could have top five or top three position. But anyway, um, and I helped Stefan learn a lot about strongman training he doesn't have many strongman athletes I, I was like his first okay. you know uh so with doing a lot of my own programming my own athletes work with stefan is kind of how i you know, developed what i do but see stefan has a system and that's what he did when he went out age it's based on the prime eight which he calls i uh, calls him prime eight so stefan has been doing this for god knows how many years and he's probably collected and analyzed more data than you can think about so he has a very, very 
specific method about how he programs and about how he sets up things. So that was really the difference, right? Like in terms of if you have dips in your program as an A1, that is A2 is paired with a, with a pronated pull-up. You know, not supinated, not, and he has a reasoning behind all of those things. It's that specific, yeah. supinated, you know? And it just makes sense in terms of angles that you're training, arm towards the torso, same thing with the lower body, um, how, do you, how you undulate between accumulation and intensification phases, how you undulate between tempos and sets and reps, um, and even percentages throughout, throughout a year. So uh, I was big on short-term programming, like somebody come to me, oh, I got to get it ready for the show, 12 weeks. Okay, well, that's harder to do because it's like, well, shit, I only have 12 weeks, yeah. you know? Um, but you're kind of given, it's just, it's only 12 weeks, you know what I mean? Uh, I worked and went over long-term periodization, which defined a lot in the last uh, internships that I've done, which is really great with mapping out athletes. Um, and it's easiest with general population or people that aren't jumping into random strongman competitions because that's always tough, yeah. you know? Because it doesn't always fit the, the nice 12-week macro cycle with, you know, a week of active rest off and you have four of those throughout the year and there's your 52 weeks, bam. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't work out that way. Like you and I right now, you know what right. I mean? Like jumping, you're still competing in August, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, so what can I do in nine weeks here and not kind of shift from our main focus? Right. What you need as an individual athlete. Right. And what your bigger goal is, like, you know, okay, goal is to do well of this local show, but bigger goal is bring out my weak lifts, get stronger, of course, stay healthy, and compete on that national stage and do well. Yeah. You know? So it's a lot of stuff to look at, but it's fun. It's challenging. So. Uh, okay. So one of the things I'm worried, and, and I want to kind of tie this into a couple things here, like the feeling and intuition as, as a trainer, because... I think some people will know that they have that, but just never act on it. Like, where did you learn to really take that and not just like, um, yeah, but that's not what we planned on. Like, we plan on doing this. Like, where have you really tried to cultivate, like, taking that intuition when somebody comes in the door and just applying it? Wait, how did I come about that? Is that Yeah, like, question? how do you come about that? And even maybe if you want to talk on maybe like the evolution of that even too. Sure. Uh, I, I, I mean, we can go back to, if we talk about evolution to the beginning of time with that one, you know, um, I think we're all innately born with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of my story has to do with a lot of with uh, drugs and alcohol and abuse and really, really going downhill. Um, and a, a lot of that I've learned over the years and through doing a lot of deep spiritual work is that uh, I kind of always had this or knew this or had this strong intuition or this knowing um, but that's not very much welcomed, you know, in society or growing up or when you're a kid, you know, and maybe your, your opinion isn't valued as much. So, um, it's like, I've kind of like relearning all the stuff that I kind of felt I was already born with or knew it a kid that had shifted away from. Okay. Uh, I do credit a lot to the AA program and the 12 steps because it all has nothing to do with, with alcohol or smoking crack. But, but getting down to the nitty-gritty about yourself, doing an inventory, finding out what God means to you, do you have a God in your life, and like daily practices and principles. So that tapping into a higher power on a regular basis for so long uh, has definitely really, really helped me. Um, the other thing too, without, without um, um, coincidence, 
you're also gonna gonna get to know people. You know, I've I've had people that I've been with for 12, 13 years. You know, you kind of know their story. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so it's it's just like anything. Like you know your wife pretty well. You know your kid. You know you know their habits. You can kind of almost finish their sentences. So it's a relationship with these clients as well. So it's been my job as a coach to learn them and understand. Like, hey, may I may want to do this today, but you know what? They don't want to, or they can't, or they're not ready for. It, so let's let's just change it a little bit. And that doesn't mean give them an entirely different workout. But you know what? Maybe we're gonna lower the intensity a little bit because this guy, you know, he's even admittedly saying, you know what? I went to bed at 3 a.m. last night. All right, well it's 6:30. That means you're on three hours of sleep. <laughs> so how much lifting are you really getting in? You know what I mean? And you're and you're not. So um, anyway, I don't know if that answers your question fully, but you can. No, it absolutely does. And I think it even goes into like just some of the other notes I was taking, like uh, that spirituality versus religion. I, I, and if you want to expand upon that, because what is, what does that mean to you, really? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were not brought up in a religious household. Um, my my um, my mom was Lutheran. My dad was Roman Catholic. So we were baptized Lutheran. I remember going to Sunday school like when I was really young, like a handful of times, uh, and then that was it. Uh, and then my uh, grandfather, my mom's dad, and my dad's mom died around the same time in 1990, and that's when we were kind of put back into, um, you know, getting our confirmation, all this stuff. Anyway, um, so I don't, I never had a huge religion background. Um, I knew a lot about it. My dad was Catholic, uh, so there were things that I just didn't agree with. Like my parents were not able to get married in the Catholic Church because my mom was Lutheran. Right. Once a nice donation was made. They were able to, you know. I'm not, I'm not knocking the Catholic Church, but there's just there's a lot of things, and and you know whether it be their views on homosexuality or or whatever, um, just a lot of things that just never really sat with me. Yeah. And you know, getting into a program like like Alcoholics Anonymous, um, it's you know it's it's not religious. You know what I mean? So they have no. They say that they have no affiliation with anything because it needs to be open to everybody. Whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Catholic, gay, straight, whatever, you know. Uh, so that's why the emphasis is really, really based on spiritual principles as opposed to religious principles. Um, so the difference for me, the main difference is spiritual principles, or are what I found that work for me or that makes sense to me. It's no one else or organization telling me what morals should be. Or you know how you're supposed to act, or what's gonna really, or or what's gonna happen. Um, so that was really freeing because they said to you, you know, you you can choose a higher power of your understanding. Oh, you mean not the the fearing God that if I eat a hot dog on a Friday during Lent, I'm gonna do 66 years in purgatory or whatever crap, you know? Uh, so that was really freeing for me and for a lot of people, you know, and. Um, and over the years, you know, what has always been with me was that God is inside me. So that spirit is, is, is in me. I, I believe we're all God, you know. So and when we go, we're just going to go right back into oneness when our time is up. So there's nothing to fear there. There's no heaven. There's no, no guy with a white beard, with a stake, you know, with a book checking to see if I'm going in or not. You know, so um, yes, that's a pretty big difference, I'd say, in terms Absolutely. of my spirituality and religion. So. So, where do you see yourself in the strongman community, Todd? Because you're, I mean, you're so involved with that, and I think at the same time you're 
very different than I guess the, the typical meathead that people would view as a, as a straw man. Like, where do you yeah. kind of just see yourself sitting there? Uh, like how I view myself in the community. You yeah. Mean? yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, it, it's, it's a good view. It's a good view because, uh, I, when I got involved in the sport, one of the things I loved was, um, I brought my newly adopted hospice senior pit bull who had cancer to this competition and he just laid in the grass and kids and everybody just came up and pet him. <laughs> and, you know, you get a lot of misfits in there, you know, uh, in, in strong men and maybe the people that didn't belong here didn't belong there. Billy. Um, so that reminded me a lot about my past, you know what I mean? And just this welcoming, welcoming environment. Like, you know, I must hug like 90 people when I go to a competition, you know, and I give big hugs too, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I, one, respect the sport. Uh, you know, I haven't been in it forever, um, but I have knowledge of the sport. I understand how the rules and regulations go. Uh, and I'm active in putting on amazing experiences, which is, you know, the essence of what I'm doing here. You know, I want everybody when I leave, like my legacy is that everyone's going to say, I knew Todd Georgie and my life is better because of it. And I think that can be said in the Strongman community. Like people that have been to my shows, we, I get it all the time. This is one of the best competitions I've ever been to in my life. And I've been in the sport for 12 years, you know. Um, so uh, I'm... You know, I also promote a lot of competitions. I mean, we do about four competitions a year. So there's just been that exposure and just creating that opportunity for athletes, you know, and really having uh, a place like our gym that feels like home. You know, people come here, they feel welcome. Just the other day, a guy showed up at 530 in the morning for a drop and never met him. Did, did stones and whatever. I was talking with them and, and explaining things to him. And I got a text that said, you know, dude, I just want to let you know, thank you for making me feel so welcome in your gym. You know, uh, that's the stuff that I just that I that I absolutely live for, you know, um, and, uh, you know, the the, the also how I how I, I feel like I'm seen is, uh, you know, in that short time, I was chosen by by Willie Wessels to host nationals. You know, that's a that's a really big deal, you know, uh, and a lot of trust. So it's funny, like I think my Facebook friend request like doubled when I became the you know, <laughs> Astronomy promoter because you know every oh who's the promoter let me message him and ask him questions and whatnot um, but there was a lot of trust in that so that really kind of not that it, I wasn't on the map before but um, you know you promote nationals pretty much everybody in that community knows who you are you know knows knows what you're doing and you know for the most part it was a pretty big success you know there were definitely things that went wrong like anything especially we had 391 athletes um and you're depending on you know other operations of business that you're relying on that that didn't come through that day or the day before uh but it was uh it was a great experience and um and i'm still continuing i'm still doing it so so let's talk more about this uh the, the dogs yeah what's uh, what's going on so um I've always loved dogs, always, always, always. Uh, first dog, I was about 10 years old. And even before that, I used to hound my um, my parents for a dog. Hound, funny, our first dog was the Basset Hound. Um, <laughs> but I would go in the neighbor's yard and just run around the yard and play with the dog for hours and hours and hours. My godfather had a farm. I would go, I would sleep uh, next to the fire laying on his dog. So I've just always had that love. Um, my uh, when Anna and I first started dating for my birthday, we we're only together a few months. She got me a dog for my birthday. 
It's like she just saw right through me and knew like immediately. <laughs> I love that woman. You know what I mean? Like like she just knew my love for animals and like what kind of, what amazing gift was that? Um, sadly, that dog did was not vaccinated properly and uh, later didn't live very long. She died a week later. Uh, but then we got uh, Clyde. We got another dog. Uh, a year after that, we got married. And before we got married, we got two more dogs. Uh, and then we got a rescue dog back in 2010, Benny. Uh, and that was our first rescue dog. We lived in a condo from 2007 to 2013. And you were only allowed two dogs. And we had five. We had four. Um, so they, you know, they were well behaved and whatnot. So they were okay to stay, but we were told to not get any more. And then there's this one morning in June of 2012, I'm going through my Facebook newsfeed and a local shelter posted a picture of Chester and they were offering a, uh, like a senior, uh, uh, dog, um, like a, like awareness or a seminar or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I went and I asked to meet Chester and, uh, it turned out that he had cancer. He was in the shelter for over eight years. Um, and there's just something that said to me, I'm like, I'm going to, I went home and cried on the couch with my wife. I'm like, I just, I got, I, I got to do something. Um, so we adopted him and he was in there for a long time because at one point he was the most vicious dog in that shelter. And he thrived in our home. He thrived in our love. I took him to the gym every single day. So having this pit bull that just kind of sat in my office with his paws crossed, looking out at everybody, feeling like regal, like he's the man. <laughs> um, and he lived 21 months. And I posted videos and pictures of him on Facebook all the time. Like he had, and our story had such a following, especially in the strongman community. They just loved that, loved that. Uh, and after he passed, um, I get this voice that just said, and it was probably him that said, you know, you, you need to, you need to keep doing this, you know, like, like I'm good. You need to do this for another dog. Uh, so then I went and adopted another pit bull. She was deaf, another arthritic dog needed to be carried everywhere. Um, so we got into the senior dogs. So we loved, uh, giving these dogs that nobody's going to adopt. Who's going to adopt a pit bull that has cancer that's 12 years old in a shelter that has maybe months to live. No one wants to go through that. It's not you know? going to be very often you're going to see that. Yeah. Right. So my story and who I've always been is I'm that guy. I got him. I got you, bro. You know? Um, so that has just given me so much and filled my heart so much and to such a degree and has taught me so many things. Like this blind dog right now is teaching me so much about patience. Because you imagine trying to lead an animal that can't see. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It's difficult. But it's, it teaches me such, such patience um, and to hold space for this guy and, uh, and to just be there for another living being. Uh, so um, my wife and I talked and why we got this dog was because we have four of our own dogs now after, you know, uh, Chester, Mackie, little buddy, after they all passed. We have four dogs now that are Benny's 10, 12, 12, and, and Clyde's going to be 14. So they're all seniors. Um, so this is what I want to do with my life. Like I love strength training. I love being a strength coach. I love writing your program man and sending it over to you. You know, um, I get a very good feeling in me when I'm I'm giving 100% of myself, and that's how I do things and that's how I do life. And another reason why I think I'm successful in that area is because nobody gets a template program from me. Nobody. You know, no, not there's no five to 10 athletes on my team that's all getting the same program. You know, I sit down, I spend time, I think things out. Hilly, 
Billy, sit. Um, okay. Come here, baby. Come here. Um, so I talked with my wife about, you know, I, we need to do something. And we were out in Sag Harbor a few weeks ago, and there was a documentary where these two guys uh, basically turned their house into a shelter and a rescue. And we were just playing the, like, what if? And we're like, I'm like, you know, why don't we turn the downstairs into, like, something? Yeah. We live split level, and we're never downstairs. We have this huge family room, huge family room that we don't go in. And I didn't expect my wife to, to say that was a good idea, but she said, you know what, that's a, that's a really good idea. Because her thing has always been like, listen, all these dogs, hair, like, I don't want them all over the house and my furniture, but if we have like an area of our home for the dogs, let's do it. So we were leaving for nationals and uh, my friend who owns a rescue posted, Hilly, you know, needs needs an immediate foster because he's, he's blind. And I'm like, I'll do better than foster, I'll adopt him. Uh, so we are on our path to, uh, we're going to form a nonprofit and um, we're going to turn our, our downstairs into a sanctuary for seniors dogs. And it's called um, uh, Special Needs Senior Dog Sanctuary. So we want the dogs that are deaf, that are blind, that are 16 years old and can't walk and need help being carried up the stairs, who has three months to live, who has one eye, no eyes, whatever. Um, so that's our current uh, our current project that we're working on now. So, so what do you see that being? Uh, I honestly, what I see that being is that one day we're it's going to turn so big that we're going to move and purchase a, a a little farm and have even more dogs. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. Having a little girl like with the dogs, I mean. How has like how what have you learned from all of them? You're just talking about Hilly right now, like learning the patience. Like, have you learned like specific things from each of them, or is it the same reminders keep coming up? Um, I'd probably say it's more of the same reminders. I mean, at least these guys, I'm just always getting somebody that's in need, you know, and that need. That's why we say it's the special needs, not just a senior. Special needs, you know. Uh, my other dogs have been arthritic. You know, uh, Buddy had a stroke. He taught us patience because he had a bladder problem and literally he was in diapers. Yeah. Um, Pilly, come here, baby. Um, but you mentioned you're talking about having having a little girl um, um, and, and with the dog. So what did you want to talk about there? Well, I mean, I, I guess like how do, how do you – how are you able to just like bring that all together? Because I think there's so much that kids can learn from having animals in the house. Like how does that – uh, yeah, like what? Are, what are the benefits to her? Like, what are you really seeing with that? Um, for her to be able to learn, like I see what it's like for my boys, and like I, I love having that. Uh, the animals, like they just the way they watch out for each other and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just those words you just said. The way they wait, they watch out for each other. You know, uh, I mean, dogs. I think are just the the, the greatest species on the planet. You know, to me, there there's no coincidence that dogs spelled backwards is God. Um, you know, they're the only creature that will, you know, will give their life unconditionally for you to save you, you know, and you see that stuff in the news all the time. Um, being a, a, a child, so when we brought Jagger home from the hospital, I have the video, we literally, she was three days old, put her in the bed with Mackie, you know, and then people are like, oh, it's a pit bull, like, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> her face like there was no tomorrow. 
so what's great about Jagger, and even when she started crawling, we're like, she's one of the pack, you know? She doesn't know any different. And she doesn't know any different than all she's ever had was a minimum of four dogs and a maximum of six at one time. Um, now that she's older, she's th- almost three and a half. I feed the dog. I don't even have to ask her. She picks up all the dog bowls. I swear to God, I've never asked her to pick up the dog bowls. She does just does it. She wants to be a, a, a part of it. Hilly sleeps downstairs, and she was was helping him down the stairs the other night. And so he knows we say step, step, so he knows a step is coming. And this little girl is just carrying, like walking him down the stairs by his collar, saying step, step. So, you know, she's learning this 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 love and. Um, it's it's very difficult to not love an animal, right? People sometimes we're humans and we can suck. <laughs> we hurt each other, you know. Sometimes on purpose. Um, so that's a tough thing, you know. I, I feel like I've never met an animal that I didn't like or that I didn't love. You know, uh, they really pick up on that. Um, and uh, Hilly too. Uh, he uh, finds his way down the hallway, and his favorite spot is right outside her room. That's where he loves to sleep in the middle of the day, like when we're home. So uh, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. It's really a beautiful thing. The thing that makes me laugh the most is feeding dogs. Our, our, our younger son, uh, he wants to like put his dish down on the floor and eat with the dogs. Like the, like he'll go like on all fours and he just wants to do the same thing and like be with them when they're eating and everything. How old is he? Uh, he'll be two in September. So he yeah. still loves like... Or oh, yeah. it just, yeah. but like you said, like the, trying to help feed them and stuff. I mean, yeah, half the time the food ends up all over the place, but they don't mind cleaning it up, and he, he's happy to help uh, just feed them. That's great. That's great. One thing that I was thinking about, um, actually, this was earlier, like when I was just coming up with things that I want to talk to you about. I'm amazed at the the mobility that you have. You're like with your spine, with everything. Now, the, the what? You said durability? No, the mobility of your spine. Like, you have, like, great overhead, all of that. Like, you, you get, like, into its proper positioning. How much of that do you think comes from uh, just your relaxed demeanor? And, and I'm curious, and, and you can kind of take this in and share on it any way you want, but I think so many people are just, like, tight, bound up. Like, you look at you. And you would look like you would be a much tighter, have much less uh, mobility, especially like that extension, everything that you do. But I'm amazed that you can just go overhead just so effortlessly. Like, can you share on, I, I think this is like the, the some of the spirituality we talked about, some of just that, like you're just one with yourself. Like you allow your body to move just the way it's meant to move. And where does that come from, do you think? Yeah, sure. So um, you'll even, uh... It, it, you know, it's some of the check courses when you talk about postural analysis, and yeah. when and and I didn't get into this. I did uh, the neuromuscular neurosomatic therapy courses. Yep. I did those, um, and even with that's heavy on postural analysis, and even they dived into it a little bit as well when you're talking about looking at different postures and uh, also emotions and things that correlate. You know, like when you have that red light posture, that rounded back, head forward, tucked in, is that red light posture. Mm-hmm. I have a green light posture, you yeah. know, um, and just talking about specific areas, like my entire body isn't like I don't have the greatest mobility. My best is 
in my overhead. And yes, that is definitely attributed to uh, my feats of strength there, if you will. Um, so a lot of that has just come come absolutely natural. Uh, I, I've always like been able to. It's a little bit harder nowadays, but been able even like you know pressed from behind my neck. Mm-hmm. You know, when we took the polican class, like you were taught, like that was bad to do. But it's like, well, but if you can and you own that, it's actually a really good sign of shoulder health. Yeah. If you can do it, right. you know, without excessively putting protracting your head or anything like that. You know, um, so. I will touch on what you just said. So we, we teach, I teach a lot of workshops here and I've done, man, at least a half a dozen uh, where I've done them on the events for the next coming competition. Mm-hmm. I also did one with Aaron Fondry on just a deadlift and a press. We sold that out. We had like 20, 25 people in the gym because he's an amazing deadlifter, you know, world known and, and I am on the press um, and I would watch people, right? and. I would either say it's like the yin-yang balance. For some of them, I'd be like, relax, chill. And others, I'm like stomping my foot and be like, let go, you know, because they need more fire. So it's really just that understanding, like, are you already spinning too much fire and do you need some yin and some cooling or the opposite? And it's it's knowing yourself, you know. Um, I don't know the book, but somebody referenced this to me. Um, and it was something like know your number, like in the gym, right? Like on a scale of one to 10, you know, are you a 10? The guy that before a set is marching back and forth, smacking himself in the face, screaming, like, are you a 10? I'm not a 10, man. You know? <laughs> and I know not to act like that. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's also knowing really who you are and how you live and where you're at. And yes, being calm like not stressing over that stuff like so I know my number you know and especially the lifts that I hit it's because of that and I think that would be very helpful for people to kind of understand or and I've taught people that where again they're like attacking the log and they're it's just they're just too much fire they, they don't even know where their feet are man they can't even feel the ground under them if you ask them where is your weight on that press uh, I don't know you need to know you know, like anything in life, you need to know where your body is, you know. Um, so that I think is, uh, has helped tr- tremendously. Uh, and I think that can help just about anybody. So it's like really, as they said, knowing yourself, where you're at, not just like anything in life, man. Not trying to be someone else you, you, that, that you're not. And that was, was what I did when I found so much um, struggle with what I believed I knew as a child. And then getting into drugs and alcohol and running around like a maniac, you know, where now I really have an understanding of who I am, you know, and that's a, that's a huge, huge, as I say, component of life and, and especially, uh, especially in the gym and in training. So. You took that very similar to like I, I was thinking, because I, I mean, you said like just talking about the dogs, talking about just the love of just animals, just of every other thing. It's like that heart chakra is just completely wide open. And, and that was that was my perception of but that's what I was curious to see because um, I don't think that's and I know I'm trying to like relate it to some of the strongman but it's you don't see that in necessarily lifting like it just doesn't come up people don't talk about your your emotions and all these other factors that really come into play yeah yeah I mean it's everything I mean look we're you know your 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 physical body is a manifestation of your emotions you know um, and again with how well you move and your spine and that fluidity is you know how well are you in the flow you know what I mean 
So, um, come here, Haley. And I, I mean, I'm not a master at that. You know, I have a lot of experience. I fuck up all the time. You know, I get stressed. I get road rage every once in a while. <laughs> you know, I, I am human 100%. But like you said about that, that heart chakra being wide open. Have you ever heard of human design? What about it? Like It's a method of Doug, my friend Doug out in San Diego does it. And it's just, it has to do with, you go to humandesign.com, you basically put in the day that you were born, the date, the city, and it's like uh, like an astrological imprint of at that moment in time where you were, what you have in your human design. And one of the components for me was, was either you have an open heart uh, uh, or a defined heart. And that's where I stood. And what that means is like, the guy that taught this to me was like, we're, when we're in a room, I'm gonna always go to you because you have a defined heart. Like you have that very strong, uh-huh, or uh-huh. And that's my guiding system in life, you know? Knowing that deep inside, it's right here. It's right here. That uh-huh, which means, yeah, like I, let's go for this. I wanna do this. Or that uh-uh. And really, really knowing that and honoring that. And where I fucked up in my life was when I didn't listen to that. That voice was always there, even from when I'm a child. But I spent a lot of years not listening to that. Ego gets in the way. How how others perceive me is what was guiding my actions in life, and I fucked up a lot, and almost died, and almost died, because uh, I was a I was a, a heavily addicted crack addict, heavily. So um, thank God that's over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you can now it, it just. It, it all adds up like with our conversation like just all these different pieces that I'm taking from that it's like you understood once you got sober I mean you went through the check the polyphone like opening the gyms closing the gyms like when it felt right and now like with, with the dogs like you can just see and, and even though like we're not talking in person like I can still feel that emanating from you just that, like you said it's it's yes or it's no and it's you knew that downstairs of your house right now that's the yes you already like you're talking about like getting a farm someday it's like that's already a foregone conclusion of this. Well, like, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. You can just see that it's, or, it's done. Or, right, or something to that. To that Whatever degree. it looks like. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. I, I, I love hearing that, Todd. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man. Todd, I, I, I mean, I could keep asking stuff. I, I think that was just such an awesome way. Like, I think let's wrap it up there. Like, if you wouldn't yeah. mind just, like, hey, sharing everybody, like, where can they find more about you if they if they want to check out your stuff get in contact with you come visit whatever that looks like uh share please so my gym is located in Mamaroneck, new york it's in westchester county uh we have memberships we have drop-ins uh i do online coaching as you obviously know you've been with me uh for probably almost two years now right i said it'll be i think in about a month it'll be two years yeah two years yep um and just like you know, I am as a person, my, my gym, my home is the same way. That's why uh, this is such a good vibe here because people walk in the door and they feel that love, you know, um, and that really, really emanates from our, you know, f from our inside, out our door, anybody that comes in. Uh, so um, I'm very active on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm always posting dog pictures or daughter pictures or a little funny story or a little twist or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, NewYorkStrong.com, NYStrong.com is uh, is just, is my website. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm as I said, I'm I'm an open book, and that's one of the things that 
uh, has helped me be me is being vulnerable. You know, when I decided to talk about my addiction, you know, years ago on social media, like I had no idea at the time how many people I was helping or that I have helped. And I'll I'll get messages to the day, hey man, just wanted to let you know I've been clean three years. And this is somebody that read my story on Facebook or Instagram three years ago that had a drug problem. So it's that I, you know, I'm told all the time how I inspire others. And I, I know that that is my purpose in this world, to be vulnerable, to take my experience, strength, and hope, and just live my best life to the fullest. And um, you know, appreciate all those that are along for the ride, taking a view and, uh, and, and jumping on with me. So. Thank you. This has been uh, a wonderful conversation. Thank you just so much for sharing all of it from the strongman to the addiction to just the help and the dogs. I mean, you can see it all just running through you and just hearing your voice. You can feel it emanating from you. So I really appreciate you sharing it all. Thank you, man. Thank you. Glad we did this. Uh, we'll do another one sometime, okay? Absolutely. All right. Very cool, brother. You enjoy the uh, the rest of the day and the weekend, okay? We'll do the same. Thanks again, Todd. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.